I invite you to join me in prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Luke 5, verse 26. All the people were beside themselves with wonder. Filled with awe, they glorified God, saying, We've seen unimaginable things today. When I was in college, some girlfriends and I went on a spring break trip to Gulf Shores, Alabama. We spent our days in the sand, mostly in jackets and with umbrellas because it was March and really cold and rainy. Not quite the vacation beach trip we envisioned. I do remember this one night on our trip vividly though. We were walking up and down the beach right next to the water after dinner. It was late. We were tired after a long day outside. And as we trudged through the sand and made our way back to the hotel room, something caught my eye in my peripheral vision. So I stopped and looked around. But I didn't see anything. I thought maybe my tiredness had caught up with me and I was hallucinating. So I continued walking with the next step. And as I stepped, I noticed it. The ground was lighting up in the sand. I couldn't believe my eyes. As I told my friends, you could see us stomping up and down the beach as glows followed everywhere we stepped. It was this magical moment. We couldn't explain what was happening. We just knew that if we stepped hard enough, a glow would show underneath the sand. In the moment, the why didn't matter. That feeling of awe and unexpectedness was what took hold of my body. This morning marks our third week in our Lytton sermon series, The Extraordinary Life of Jesus. We are working our way through the Gospel of Luke. Around Christmas, during Advent, we read those first few chapters of Luke along with the baptism of the Lord in January. In our current series, we have read about the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. And last week, we had our very own Luke Thompson, who shared with us the story of Jesus's first sermon in his hometown and how Jesus was then chased out of his hometown. We are beginning at the very, very start of Jesus's ministry. People are just beginning to hear about what he's teaching. They're just witnessing for the first time the acts of healing that Jesus is doing. And as one might imagine, it is causing quite the stir Jesus has now gathered all of his disciples. They've left everything to come and follow him. And then in the fifth chapter of Luke, we get two separate stories of healings by Jesus. We're going to look at the first one now. Luke 5 verses 12 through 16. Jesus was in one of the towns where there was also a man covered with a skin disease. When he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged, Lord, if you want, you can make me clean. 
Jesus reached out his hand, touched him, and said, I do want to be clean. Instantly, the skin disease left him. Jesus ordered the man not to tell anyone. Instead, Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses instructed. This will be a testimony to them. News of Jesus spread even more and huge crowds gathered to listen and to be healed from their illnesses. But Jesus would withdraw to deserted places for prayer. Word has clearly spread and will only continue to spread about Jesus and his powerful, extraordinary ministry. The man with the skin disease already knew Jesus had the power to heal him before he even approached him. People have witnessed firsthand this extraordinary power of Christ. People are already seeking him out. What Jesus is doing is not a secret. Even when Jesus tells this man with a skin disease not to tell anyone, I don't believe it's done out of secrecy. Everyone still finds out, right? They just find out directly from priests and from the institutions that validate what Jesus is doing. When the man goes into the synagogue and shows what Jesus has done, doesn't tell them, shows them, they have to acknowledge it. They have to say, huh, something did happen here. Jesus is stirring up the waters. He's doing powerful acts of healing and doing it in such a way that demonstrates his authority and his authenticity. Unimaginable things are happening. Immediately following this story, we get another healing account right after it. This one is actually probably the more familiar of the two. We're going to be in Luke 5 verses 17 through 26. One day when Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and legal experts were sitting nearby. They had come from every village in Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. It's not a secret. People know something's going to happen wherever Jesus is. Now the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. Some men were bringing a man who was paralyzed, lying on a cot. They wanted to carry him in and place him before Jesus, but they couldn't reach Jesus because of the crowd. So they took him on the roof and lowered him, caught and all, through the roof tiles into the crowded room in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The legal experts and Pharisees began to mutter among themselves, which is kind of their whole deal. They said, who is this who insults God? Only God can forgive sins. Jesus recognized what they were discussing and responded, Why do you fill your mind with these questions? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk, but so that you will know that the human one, or the Son of God, has authority on the earth to forgive sins. But Jesus now spoke to the man who was paralyzed. I say to you, get up, 
take your cot and go home. Right away, the man stood before them, picked up his cot and went home, praising God. All the people were beside themselves with wonder. Filled with awe, they glorified God, saying, we've seen unimaginable things today. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let the church say, thanks be to God. Jesus continues to stir up the waters. In this account, Pharisees and legal experts have come from a number of different villages to see what Jesus was up to. People can't stay away. When unimaginable things happen, people take notice. There are like 10 different sermons that can be given just from this text alone. We could talk about how the legal experts and the Pharisees start getting defensive and questioning who Jesus thinks he is. We could talk about how Jesus first says, friend, your sins are forgiven, and how that doesn't necessarily mean that the man was paralyzed because of his sin, but could instead mean that he's being freed from the chains that hold him back from being a part of the rest of the world, that Jesus is literally setting the oppressed free. All of those would be lovely sermons for someone else, I'm sure. Yet, in this particular season of Lent, you all already know that I am being drawn to the community aspect of this story. To take a closer look at the group of men who bring the paralyzed man to be healed. Like most of these accounts, we don't know their background. We don't know their relationship to one another. We don't know anything other than that they come together to bring a paralyzed man to Jesus. I have challenged us this Lenten season to think about what it would mean for us to not live into the typical introspectiveness of the season, but instead to consider what it means for us to come together as a community, to corporately prepare ourselves and ready our hearts for the coming reminder of Jesus's death and resurrection. The world is a lonely place right now. Isolation and solitude are a real part of a lot of our lives. During this Lenten season, I believe we need to be reminded of the importance of community. Like many of you here, I have struggled recently to understand the magnitude of what's happening around the world, the magnitude of what's happening in Ukraine. I've prayed a lot. I've read a lot. I've cried a lot for the people of Ukraine and their unjust suffering. I've given money. I've questioned what I could possibly do that would make a difference. And then I read a story like this. I read a story of a paralyzed man who must have been living on the outs of his community. He was probably not included in the happenings of the town. This man was probably unable to hold a job. Because of his paralyzation, he was hindered from living fully into the life of the town. And then 
some men come together to take him to Jesus. They carry him to the place where Jesus was teaching. And when they can't get in, when they can't get near Jesus because of the crowds, they lower him through the ceilings so that everyone must pay attention. It can be tempting to look the other way when bad things are happening. It can be tempting to go about our day unchanged by someone else's suffering. But when it's lowered through the ceiling right in front of us, we must take notice. I don't have all of the answers of how to help our siblings in Ukraine find safety. I don't have a solution to offer the Russian leaders to convince them to choose peace. But I do know that healing must happen. I know that we must step up and speak out against this injustice and every injustice we witness even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's so much easier to look the other way. As Christians, we believe in Jesus' first sermon, that sermon we heard last week where he quotes Isaiah and talks about the promise to offer release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. We, as Christians, believe in the power of community. We believe in the ability that a community has to change and save lives. A few weeks ago, right as the war in Ukraine began, a photo went viral. It was a simple photo of a train station in Poland where Ukrainian refugees were expected. The photo shows a row of strollers waiting for any refuge that may need one. If you are a parent, even if you're not a parent, but you've ever been around a stroller-aged child, you know how needed strollers probably were. You know what a powerful act this was. You know that a group of moms got together and thought, this is what we can offer that will make a difference. It's the reason the photo went viral. A community of people stepped up across borders, across life experiences, and they reached out a hand in the form of a stroller. We are not always the best at being a community. We disagree. We belittle one another. We draw these lines in the sand. We decide who's in and who's out. But when community is done with Jesus at the center, when love is at the heart of who we are, communities can be world-shaking. They can offer strollers to parents desperate for relief. They can lower bodies through ceilings. These acts of compassion, these acts of care matter. True healing is God work. I can't heal Ukraine. I can't heal the divisiveness of our nation. I can speak up for those who are oppressed. 
I can call our nation's leaders. I can think creatively about ways I can help those who are suffering around me. I can also come together with a community, with this community, to make the world a better place. In the MSG video, the men's service group video we watched earlier, we had the opportunity to hear that the group was formed as a way to build community and to serve the world after the devastation of 9-11, after something was lowered through the ceiling and we were forced to take action, to take notice. As Jesus approaches the paralyzed man, Luke tells us Jesus saw their faith. Jesus sees their faith as a community, not as individuals working on their own personal relationships with God, which is good and needed and necessary, but Jesus take note, takes note of them corporately, of them together. The groups that we are in, the communities we form, they matter. Jesus sees their faith. Jesus also sees our faith as a community. Jesus is the healer. And still, we are called to take action too. The men don't wait back for Jesus to come to them. They take action. They lower the paralyzed man through the ceiling. They see a need and they work to meet it. Our communities can be powerful. They can be things of change. What's being lowered through the ceiling in front of us? What are the things tugging on our hearts, demanding us to take notice? Luke 5, 26. All the people were beside themselves with wonder, filled with awe. They glorified God saying, we've seen unimaginable things today. We know the power of God. We know the way that God has shown up for God's people throughout history. We know the healing power of Christ and the divine presence of the Holy Spirit. We know those unimaginable, good, beautiful things. And we know that we are a world desperate for more healing. How can our faith impact the world around us? May we be filled with awe and may we glorify God by transforming the world through the actions we take. May Jesus see our faith. Amen.